Hey, I'm Nate with Central District. This is episode 11 of our stupendous podcast. Joining me is Brian Miller. Hey, everybody. Um, Brian, besides being a great customer, really puts his volunteer hat on a lot um, and, and does a lot with uh, high school, middle school, and now elementary yeah, racing. We're, we're expanding into elementary. Um, Brian's a board member on MISCA, whatever that stands for. Michigan Interscholastic Cycling Association. There we go. Um, But more importantly, as a coach of the Coyotes, which is um, a composite team of a lot of a big wide area at this point. It goes from Lake Shore to Grand Rapids and kind of in between. And um, it's been a lot of fun for us at at Central District. We see a lot of the kids kind of coming through the shop, getting a little little progression and 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 things like that. And it's good stuff. and so uh, I have my kind of my generic question, Brian, and that's how did you get into mountain biking? I was a uh, I was a collegiate swimmer until I graduated college, and I think in the in like the three months between my final swim meet at the NCAA championships and graduation, I probably put twenty five pounds of fat on mm. just from still eating like an athlete and not being one. And so I remember a bunch of buddies and I were sitting around on the couch and we're like, we got to do something. This is not going to last. And so we went down to a bike shop in Kalamazoo that I don't think is there anymore. Alfred E bike. Oh yeah. yeah. And we bought full rigid steel, you know, three by seven mountain bikes for a couple hundred bucks. Cause that's what you can afford when you're graduating college Yep. and just rode the heck out of those things at Fort Custer for, I don't know, probably three years. And I was hooked ever since. So okay. uh, that was 25 years ago and I'm still not that good and still absolutely love every minute of it. It's a lot of fun. I think that's the fun factor is kind of what keeps us all in it. You bet. Um, and then um, do you consider yourself a racer, a trail rider? <laughs> what, how, how did you end up at MISCA? I mean, how so, does, yeah, I, I mean there's I mean, a path in there somewhere. So, what, 12, 15 years of collegiate swimming, I'm always kind of a racer mm-hmm. mindset. Um, but uh, what's exciting about mountain biking, I think, is that you don't have to do that. And MISCA is a really interesting organization in that they're a ra- they're ostensibly a race series so they put on races for kids uh but they're they're much more about being supportive of the kids on the bikes than they are about you know everybody's got to have spandex on and if you're not winning a race you're not worth anything it's it's really quite the opposite so it's really more about making sure that the kids are having fun so someone actually approached me a couple years ago about my daughters and they're like you know you guys are out there on the single track all the time you should you should come try racing we're starting up a team here in west michigan and so that was that was Rick Budden, uh, approached me, I guess it was probably four years ago at this point, and the uh, rest is history. We've been involved with the program ever since. It's a lot of fun. Uh, my older daughter, Annabelle, is just absolutely lives and breathes mountain biking. And, and how aunt, old is Annabelle? Annabelle's a high school freshman, so okay. she's 14. So she was pretty young when she was first coming into the shop. Oh, yeah. We were we were riding single track out. I think we would take her to Luton, and she was probably five, and she was oh. on a six speed you know mm-hmm. thing. i think that bike weighed more than the bike she's on now <laughs> but uh it's lots of fun and it's it's such a good thing for kids i mean with the coyotes uh what four years ago we had maybe 15 riders and uh this last summer uh that ended in i guess the race is more of a fall that ended in october we had 52 riders on the team and i expect we'll have more this year uh this coming year 2020 will be our first foray into elementary schoolers so hoping to pick up Right about when Dirt Dogs wanes at the end of the summer, okay. uh, Miska gets started, and so it's it's kind of a nice opportunity for kids who really liked the Dirt Dogs, 
to continue on and do some racing in the fall. Elementary races are on extremely uh, novice tracks with okay. parents all over the place, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun day. Um, if some if well, if you were a kid listening to this, or but if you were a parent, I mean, like, how would they connect with Miska? Uh, so Miska is at miskabike.org. And then the Coyotes, we have coyotesmtb.org. And so either either of those websites will get you started. You know, if you're a West Michigan person, uh, Coyotes is a great opportunity. But there are hopefully at some point here some other teams that will sprout up in West Michigan because we cover kind of a large area, which I don't know that that's sustainable forever. But right now it's really fun and exciting. We sure. were the state champs for middle school and high school last year, which was pretty cool. I really enjoy having those uh, trophies in the window the too, Kids by like the way. to bring them by and drop them off. They mm-hmm. think that's fun. Um, well, as long as I have window space, there's there you room. go. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think it's kind of a cool little thing. Um, when I was that age, you know, mountain biking wasn't a thing and really biking was more of a freedom just to get away from your parents. Yeah. Uh, I, it still is for these kids. If okay. we're being honest, I mean, they're the, I think like if you ask my daughter who loves racing, what she really loves is going to, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. She loves going to practice and hanging out with her friends in the woods and bombing around Merrill on flow trail. I mean, it's the things that they like are the same things. Any one of us that aren't racing at all likes, and that's sure. just the fun and the freedom, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, if you thought today, if you were going to start on an old three by seven uh, or three by six drivetrain, um, and if that was, I mean, you're riding something much more sophisticated today. Yeah, I've got a carbon full suspension uh, cross country racing machine now, which is which is a lot of fun. I didn't know that I would ever be converted to a full sus bike, but um, you you finally convinced me to try one, and then I ended up buying one, which I'm sure is what happens to everybody. So it, it kind of works that way. But yeah, yeah. Um, I know. It, I mean, when I started, it was thumb shifters, and probably not that far off from what you were riding. Um, but the, you know, equipment has gotten much better. Um, and I still think it's kind of a disservice to youth is that those bikes are so heavy. Oh, it's too bad. You know, like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we're taking the kids on now and and what we're seeing with a lot of these, uh, youth riders is they're capable of doing the stuff that we're too old to do. So they need better bikes, not worse bikes. So we've, we've really gotten to the point where I think with the Cowdies, most of those kids really after their second or third year of racing are starting to upgrade their bike and suddenly they're realizing that they don't want the 45 pound steel uh tank anymore where i watched a couple kids build their own you know carbon hardtail race machines last year and it took them half the season to get the thing dialed just the Mm -hmm. way they wanted it but it's a lot of fun to watch and when you go out with these kids i mean by the time they're 14 15 years old they're they're better rider than i am that's for sure i can barely keep up with most of them well I mean that that says something for the yeah. program, really. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you know, we get we get older; they're still like coming up to the prime of their career, or just even as a hobby. So it's a lot of fun to watch. We we have uh, on the Coyotes last year. We had eleven girls, so we had enough girls to ride a whole group together every time we went out. Which is, I don't think anybody else uh, around could put that many mountain bike girls out in the woods together, which is really cool. That is cool, yeah. um, and that's such a support group that you know. That play lifelong friends, basically. Yeah, I think so. And, it, you know, we've got, you know, nationally and internationally, that seems like the women's sport has picked up a lot of steam, cyclocross and, and mountain biking especially. So I don't think I see that changing. should be more women and more girls involved in it as we move forward, which is uh, really fun. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, uh, it 
that mindset took a while to change where that's not what young ladies did. And now it's much more, okay, that's on the table. It's an option. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, for girls and boys, you, you told me once, uh, that it's an interesting sport because sometimes it's for kids who don't have some other sport. And, uh, we definitely have a mix of like, we got some kids who swim on the varsity team at spring Lake who are like traditional athletes. And then we've got some kids that are riding a bike. They bought, you know, secondhand and this is their one activity outside. Once you get out there in the woods, it's, it's really, no one can tell the difference between who's who. And so it's kind of a neat as a sport that uh, it's not just about winning races. It's also about being good at what you're doing and being safe out there and having a good time. So it's, it's neat that way. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. I, well, as you, were, as you were saying that, a thought came to my mind. Is, is there ever a need for bikes for kids? Is there ever, I mean, bikes are not inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, so one of the one of the goals of our team this year is to start to build a fleet for kids who can't afford it. Um, because it's one of the things that we're certainly aware of and, and conscious of is that we've got this sport where we talk about it being everybody's equal, but you know, you're also putting a kid on a $3,000 bike and if that's what it takes to get into the sport, then everybody's not equal. So it's kind of fun to, uh, yeah. to look at how we're going to build this fleet of bikes. I think we've got, uh, a couple corporate donors, commercial flooring solutions up in grant is going to donate four bikes this year. So then we've, we've got our trailer that was donated by a parent last year and now we'll have some bikes that we can put in that trailer. Uh, so that if, if there's a child who wants to do the sport and just doesn't have access to the equipment that's necessary, we'll start to be able to build a fleet of bikes that can allow us to provide that, which if, is really exciting. If somebody was listening to this podcast and they were like, hey, I kind of have an, a nicer old bike that I'm really not using, are you taking donations? Oh, or? heck yeah. We'll, we'll uh, probably end up in the shop here getting them <laughs> fixed up and ready to go, and then uh, the, the trailer will haul them. So they can get on our website, and there's a coaches page, coyotesmtb.org. Uh, and they can contact any one of the coaches listed there, and, okay. and we'd love to take donations of good, usable hardware. And probably goes without saying, but also sponsors. Oh heck yeah, we've like uh, we well C- Central District for one is a is a really important sponsor of ours, and we've got so far. I think last year we raised enough money that we were able to only charge kids twenty five bucks to be in the program in terms of dollars to join the club. Uh, MISCA charges you for racing. And so I think, um, they have a scholarship program if there's a financial challenge to being able to ride in the races, but, uh, we're pretty sure that for $25, we have got to be the cheapest youth sport in terms of membership that is out there. I was wondering then, I got, I don't have kids, but I mean, obviously you do. What does it cost for them to participate in some of the other high school sports? Well, my middle school daughter who does race MISCA also, um, she swims on a age group program and we feel like it's a good value like we're getting our money's worth out of it but that's you know that's hundreds of dollars more than once a year to participate on the swim team okay which is awesome and we love it uh but 25 bucks a year to be on the coyotes everyone who works for the coyotes is volunteer none of us get paid a dime and i'm Uh, sure it'll stay that way i was gonna say that's an expensive swimsuit yeah right (laughs) (laughs) maybe that bike is a butter bargain right um well um i I want to just say is like I think MISC is a great program, and I think what's going on with the Coyotes is super because there's a a point here where there's been some notable young racers that are starting to leave West Michigan or Michigan and want to race collegiately, and those opportunities really don't. They started with before MISCA. Now there's going to be a, a big, for lack of a better word, there's going to be a crop of kids coming through looking for more um, elevated or to continue their um, racing and their training and things like that at a collegiate level. And um, I got to think that there's, you know, 
there'll be the day where there's, you know, scouts or something kind of coming out to check out a coyotes race. I, I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a national trend. We, we watch, uh, Miska is not part of NICA, but we are affiliated with USA Cycling this year, which is a new thing so that uh, varsity and junior varsity riders at Miska races can earn USA Cycling points towards nationals. And so that's connecting Michigan into that, that whole national high school and national mm-hmm. college racing. Uh, and I think I think the last I looked, there were, you know, there's a few college programs that are recruiting kids, and then there's a bunch of cycling clubs. But I think that is set to explode because I know Wisconsin's getting five, six hundred kids a race. Miska, I was, we were talking just before this podcast. I mean, they were at sixty-five kids a race a few years ago. We had three hundred kids average this last summer, and that'll go up to four hundred or so now as they grow. That's a huge that's racing a, pool. That's that's bigger than CPO. A CPS series race. I mean, that's rivaling what's going on with some of the standalone. Yeah, race it's, a, events. it's big events, and you know, it's not. Um, I don't know. They put on a really professional event, and if you have a child who's kind of worried about racing, I think Miska is a really good way to get into it because, unlike some of the other events that I like to go to, Miska is only about kids. And so I, I've uh, I've told the race director before what a, an empowering thing that is for youth because they're there, and there's no. 45 year old guys like me that are getting all fired up to go do their 30 mile you know epic ride it's just kids and the 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 adults that are there are only to support the kids which makes it a lot less it makes a lot less pressure for the kids and also makes it a much safer event so it's pretty exciting stuff oh that's a good deal um yeah because you know for sure that who there's going to be some 45 or something year old dude that's going to want to cherry pick the beginner class that <laughs> shouldn't be there that's now racing against right, the 14 right. year old exactly and that's not fun no um, and 300 kids. I mean, I you, even Iceman, which is this massive event. I want to say there were maybe 70 or 80 juniors total spread across all age classes. And, uh, you know, Miska's throwing 325 kids up at a race at a city park in Rochester yep. over on the other side of the state. That's something special. Oh, that's that's good. No, it's not like at the, I think the, the race here locally is at Merrill. Yep, we race at Merrill, and uh, a little further south, we'll be at Fort Custer as well this fall. Okay. And do you, those will be about 300 participants? 300 participants. You don't have to be on a team, so that's another thing that MISCA is really good about. You can race independently. About 20% of the racers will be independent riders that just show up that day, register oh, okay. on site, and go for a race. Okay, so. okay. And if you're local and you and you show up at those races, counties are always excited to meet other local riders. A lot of the parents know each other anyways, so biking's a close-knit community. So I'm going to ask you two kind of related questions. Um, what's your favorite venue for a MISCA race? I think, I honestly, I think Merrill is my favorite so far. We raced there for the first time in 2019, um, and it is a blast. We raced at Cannesburg in 2018, and I really liked that as well. It's mm-hmm. a technical, tough trail. Um, and it was really fun for the varsity riders, I think, to ride something a little more difficult, like truly not easy. Uh, but Merrill is just so nice in terms of, you know, our ability to park there. They've got big soccer fields for the team tents. You know, we had some of the the, the kind of the venue loop kind of came out of the woods and went across the parking lot so everybody could watch it. And then everybody was out in the woods cheering. So just that was an awfully good time. Okay. Um, so I think that's my favorite. So now on, on a personal side of things, what's your what, what's the trail that is your family trail and what is your personal trail? All right. Uh, well, family trail. If I'm just with Annabelle, right? So yep. Anna, Annabelle's in a lot of ways a better rider than I am. Uh, it's Cannonsburg ski area. And oh, okay. Add Egypt Valley or the state game area to that. You can double all those up and have one heck of a day. So I would say if the two of us are out riding by ourselves, it's there. Uh, if, if Olivia is with us or my wife, Megan, uh, Luton is one of everybody's favorites. It's, okay. it's a classic trail here locally. Uh, but, 
we really like the Upper Peninsula, so I don't know if you meet a ton of people who don't, you know, come right out with driving up to Marquette or something like that or driving over to DTE. I think maybe maybe the most fun I've ever had on my bike might have been the first time I rode a DTE. I was just, my mind was blown how okay. much fun that was. So, And then we've, we've gone on down to Knoxville, over to Asheville, North Carolina. There's, there's a lot of good places to ride your bike. And some of those places down south you can ride when Michigan is completely shuttered. Absolutely. So, so nice. did, if you were to name one of those as your personal favorite. Personal favorite. Uh, DuPont State Forest in Asheville, North oh, Carolina. good call. I had so much fun good there. Good call. Huh. Well, hey, Brian, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Nick. Um And uh, when we this podcast uh, airs, we'll have some links and things like that to kind of shoot towards the coyotes. Cool. And um, for anybody that has questions, they can reach out to me at the shop, and I'll pass you on to Brian, or like he mentioned, go to the websites. Um, I just think that this is good for the biking community in general to have more kids on bikes. I agree. It's next generation of people that are using bikes for transportation, for having a good time, for, I mean, all sorts of reasons beyond just racing. It's just important to have them out there. They'll change the world. It won't be you and I. Let's hope. (laughs) We've already failed. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nate. Yes. (laughs) 